Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie back with Mark Cushman. We're going to take calls with Mark next hour here on Coast to Coast. Mark, the original Star Trek series ran, what, just three seasons? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, back then they made uh, 30 episodes a year. And so it's it's pretty much like uh, about nine seasons for a current TV series. Oh, that's true. But it it ran for three years, and uh, NBC kept moving it from one time slot to another. The folklore is that the ratings weren't good. That's not true. We licensed all the Nielsen ratings for every single episode for my book series, These Are the Voyages. And it was NBC's top-rated Thursday night show, quite often winning its time slot. As a matter of fact, the first episode had a 47% audience share. And during the second season, they moved it to Fridays. Not a good night for it, but it was still NBC's top-rated show. They tried to cancel it. They got a million protest letters. So they put it in the death slot, Fridays from 10 to 11. And it's still the first episode out, Spock's Brain, the, the notorious Spock's Brain, won its time slot. Uh, against uh, Judd for the Defense, which had just won an Emmy for his best series on TV, and the premiere of Hawaii Five-O, which ran for 12 years. What kind of person was Gene Roddenberry? He was difficult, if you ask NBC, and that's why Star Trek got canceled. They were butting heads with him constantly. I love Gene. Gene was uh, a writer's producer. He was a great producer for a writer to come in and pitch to, which I did. And uh, he, talking out stories and developing the stories in the office there between the two of you. And he really took care of writers. He did not add his name to their scripts, even though on the original series, he would quite often rewrite 70, 80 percent of the dialogue during the first year because he was the only one who knew how these characters would speak. But he did not put his name on the scripts. And uh, he really believed in the good of mankind, but he knew the bad of mankind as well. And he wanted to send out a positive message. So, you know, I like Gene a lot. 
Did Twilight Zone make William Shatner, or did Shatner make uh, Twilight Zone? <laughs> well, Shatner was in a couple episodes, and there are a couple of the most memorable episodes of Twilight Zone. Uh, you know, and the difference between Gene Roddenberry and Rod Serling was Rod Serling was uh, very negative in the messages that he put forward. Star Trek put forward positive messages, so they were kind of Star Trek was kind of like the anti Twilight Zone. But Gene and Rod very much respected each other, and uh, what Gene wanted to do was be a modern-day Jonathan Swift, and that's what he was doing on TV, trying to talk about subjects that television wouldn't talk about back then, which is why he had difficulty with NBC. But William Shatner, you know, I don't think Star Trek would have made it if it wasn't for William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, because originally it was going to be Jeffrey Hunter, and they were thinking of Martin Landau to play uh, Mr. Spock. Both good actors, but I just don't think it would have gone. Years ago, uh, Mark, I had George Takai on the program, Sulu, and uh, he did a great job. They all did. They all did. Uh, George Takai is a really terrific actor. And if you watch anything he's in, not just the original Star Trek, but if you catch him on reruns of anything, this guy brings 100%. Uh, it was a good cast all the way around. And it's one of those strange things, George, where it, it feels like fate. Because I always say, I was on a History Channel special about Star Trek, and I remember saying there that I really felt it was like the Beatles of TV meeting. If you had taken John Lennon or Paul McCartney or George Harrison or Ringo Starr out of the Beatles, it would have been the same thing. Well, if you'd taken Shatner or Nimoy or Gene Roddenberry or producer Gene Kuhn or a lot of other people out of Star Trek, it wouldn't have been the same thing either, and I don't think it would have made it. So it's one of those things where fate brings the right people together to make something happen. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than we can even conceive. And by the way, everybody who worked on Star Trek couldn't understand. They, they never dreamed it would have gone on like it did and had children like it's had and outlive all of them like it's lived. They, they, they love the fact that it's, it's done that, but nobody expected that. What a franchise it is now. Did George Lucas use Star Trek as his impetus to get uh, Star Wars going? Yes. Well, he has admitted in interviews uh, that, that Star Wars, he would not have gotten the financing and the studio support for Star Wars if it hadn't been for Star Trek. Because by the time he was doing Star Wars in the mid to slightly late 1970s, Star Trek had become so huge in syndication and in merchandising and conventions. I mean, Comic-Con wouldn't even exist today if it wasn't for the Star Trek conventions. It just invented all this stuff. Not just technology, but so much else. And, and that's where the interest came. Everybody wanted to bring Star Trek back. Paramount wouldn't do it. Because Paramount was afraid if they started making new Star Treks, the, the bottom would fall off on the reruns, which was crazy. But that was that what they were thinking. NBC wanted Star Trek back. Everybody wanted Star Trek back because the reruns were killing them. And so that's how George was able to get the financing and studio support for Star Wars. What did Roddenberry think of uh, extraterrestrial life, real extraterrestrial life? You know, it's really interesting. Uh, after I did the first three books, which cover the first series, one for each season, and the reason there's so much there is because the uh, Gene gave me all the memos, all the production reports, everything, and I just wanted to share that with the fans so yeah. they could see the battle that was fought. But then I did three more books for the 1970s, Gene Roddenberry and Star Trek in the 1970s. And in Volume 2, uh, 
because it happened right around 1975 and 76. Gene was hired by an organization called Lab 9 out of New York State, and uh, they brought him in to write a screenplay to prepare mankind for extraterrestrials coming back to Earth or being revealed, being allowed to be revealed because they're already here, and we all know that. And, and, uh, and he, uh, they put him with a channeler who communicated with the Council of Nine, and he wrote a screenplay called The Nine. And that transcript from that channeling session is in this book, Gene Roddenberry and Star Trek in the 1970s, Volume 2. And it is fascinating. He asked such intelligent questions. He came so prepared for this meeting and wanted to know what kind of crafts they use, if they were interdimensional creatures or interplanetary wow. creatures, and they said interdimensional, and so forth. And it's just a fascinating interview he did with this channeler who was channeling in the Council of Nine. He believed in, in life out there. He, he thought it would be ridiculous if there wasn't life out there. And uh, And... I believe they were probably watching Star Trek, and that's why they wanted him to write this screenplay. How did you get involved with Roddenberry, Mark, in the first place? Um, I was assigned to interview him for a TV special that was being done in, uh, in L.A. on a station that was running Star Trek, and this was in 1982. And, uh, and we got along great, and, I, and he gave me 40-plus boxes of materials for Star Trek, memos like you can't believe, which I put into These Are the Voyages and all the ratings and production reports and so forth. And uh, and then when Star Trek, and we kept in touch, and when Star Trek The Next Generation came on, uh, I went in and pitched to him, and I sold him a story called Sarek, which was the first episode to tie the original series and Next Generation together by bringing back Spock's father. And then I've worked for other shows like Star Trek Continues and so forth. Did you uh, ever have a chance to meet Rod Serling? No, no, because he died, what was it, I think in 74, 75? It was so early. Yeah, he had a heart issue or something. Yeah, like 50 and I was years very old. young. I mean, when I was uh, meeting with Gene, I was in my 20s. And if he had, uh, yeah, oh yeah, he had a bad heart. And, and he was a tormented individual because he wrote a third of the Twilight Zone episodes, and he rewrote all the others. And all this, he would have nightmares every night. And he would get up at the typewriter and he'd write another episode for Twilight Zone. Those were his nightmares. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Did you ever expect Star Trek to have that kind of teeth and and legs after it was done airing? I mean, the franchise went on forever, still is. No, nobody could. Gene didn't think it would. Not, nobody who worked there, Shatner, nobody. Uh, they, they were proud of what they did. They knew what they did was special. But who would think that 60, 55 years later, it would still be out there and have had so many children and grandchildren as it has? Uh, but it's the positive themes. I'll tell you one quick story. Um, my son uh, was still living with me at the time that I was doing these These Are the Voyage books, and I'd already written for Next Generation and so forth. And they were running Star Trek every night on an L.A. station, but also running Next Generation. And he would come in to my office, and he said, Hey, Dad, I've been watching that show you're writing about, and it's really good. Not, it's much better than the one you wrote for. I'm not going to tell you the exact words he used. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, it's really good. And I said, why do you think it's good? And he says, well, it's like, one like from, from 10 to 11, and I watch it, and I turn the TV off, and I turn the light off, and I find myself lying there. Now, he was 16. He so said, I find myself lying there, and I, I'm thinking about what they were telling me. And that was so important to Gene Roddenberry. He was, it was always, you know, when I pitched Sarek, or anybody pitched to him. He said, I like that idea, but what are you trying to say? It's all about the theme. And that yep. was important to him, and I think that's why it still works to this day and why people can still watch it because of the statements it was making. Mark's websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com for you. What was Lucille Ball's role with Star Trek? She lost her studio because of Star Trek. She is the mother of Star Trek. She didn't create it. Gene Roddenberry did, but... Uh, after she and Desi divorced, and she became president of Desi Lu because he was running it, and uh, and he didn't want to do it anymore. He was burned out. And uh, so she became the president, and she told her lieutenants, Herb Solo and Oscar Katz, she said, go out and find me a show that can rerun as much as I Love Lucy is, because that's the show that built this studio. And they brought her Star Trek. And the board of directors tried to talk her out of doing it because they said that an hour-long science fiction show like this, half a science fiction movie each week, this is going to bankrupt us. And she did the pilot, and it was the most expensive pilot ever made. And NBC said, applauded it but then rejected it, ordered a second pilot. They tried to talk her out of financing it. She did. And then NBC ordered 16 episodes, which was just half of the first season. And the board of directors tried to talk her out of doing it. And she said, no, we're going to do this. She was right, but they were right. Halfway into the second season, Desilu was broke, and she had to sell to Paramount. But she was right, because Star Trek and I Love Lucy are the two most rerun shows around the world to this day. That's fantastic. Did she know Roddenberry? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've got a letter in one of my uh, books. So the first one uh, where she writes him a letter after the first episode aired and got that 47% audience share. 
and she writes a letter to him saying, Dear Jean, uh, we're so proud of you. It looks like we have a hit. But she was there. She would come to the set and, and everything. Uh, he would have meetings with her all the time. So she had a great involvement. Nobody knew this until I did the books and started revealing these correspondences. Now it's kind of out there on the Internet, and people are getting hip to the idea that Lucy, that wacky redhead, was the mother of Star Trek. Oh, that's right. What were some of your favorite episodes, Mark? Uh, I was good friends with Dorothy Fontana, D.C. Fontana, and she wrote an episode called This Side of Paradise, where Spock gets shot with these spores from a plant, and and the spores take over just enough of his emotions that allows him to fall in love, and he falls in love with Jill Ireland. And it's such a poignant episode. Because at the end of it, when he breaks the spores, when Kirk gets him to break the spores and he comes back to being who he is, and in the last scene on the bridge, he just looks at Spock, uh, looks at Kirk, and he says, for the first time in my life, I was happy. And, oh, my God, it's so poignant. It's such a powerful episode. It, it just, it's funny. It's sad. It's, it's adventurous. It's got everything you want in a TV show. And conflict, conflict, conflict. And I think it's just anybody watch that episode. It'll show you, if you're interested in writing for TV, what you need to do. Now, how did you get involved in I Spy? Uh, I met Robert Cope, and, uh, and I was talking to him at a, at a, a function and asking him questions about I Spy, saying, you know, this was the first show to shoot around the world, and this was the first show to put a white and a black together on equal status, and the first show for a black to win an Emmy as a lead. In Bill, a Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, three years in a row, won an Emmy. And, and I said, you know, there's no book on I Spy. I want to read about how you guys did all this. And he says, Bill and I can't understand it, why nobody's written about I Spy. And I said, well, if you, if you help me, I will. And so I did, I went over to his house a dozen times and interviewed him. He connected me with Bill. He connected me with everybody else, interviewed everybody. I got uh, authorized through William Morris and got all the uh, the memos and all the papers. And we did that book. And uh, uh, it's a shame that the show is not remembered uh, like it should be. But it was an incredibly successful show when it was on NBC, right around the same time as Star Trek. And uh, it really opened up the doors, and then Star Trek was the second punch, the one-two punch, as far as changing the way they looked at casting on television. So it's a historic show. Yeah, I Spy came out a year before Star Trek, didn't it? Yep, 1965. And Star Trek was in September of 1966. And so right before then, if you watch any TV prior to those two shows, it's very vanilla. It's very white. It's, it's almost a little embarrassing because... You know, you tune in a Leave it to Beaver or anything, a Ben Casey, a fugitive, and you just never see anybody but white people. And uh, and these two shows changed that to where casting became more diverse, not just for, for black uh, African-Americans, but for Hispanics, for Asians, even for Vulcans. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.